Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Truth Seeker and or its affiliates are not responsible for any strange phenomena that may occur during or after listening to this podcast, which may include the following. Heightened senses of awareness, psychic abilities, UFO sightings, alien contact, time loss, out-of-body experiences, ringing in the ears, ESP, lucid dreaming, increasing chronicities, astral projection, telepathy, stronger intuition, levitation, miraculous healings, and or remote viewing. Please be advised to listen Won't you come, come and take me She's not a Christian! Give it up, y'all. Your portal to the paranormal, esoteric, and all things spiritual. She's tampering in dark, sad, and stuffed! And now, your host, Truth Seeker. Yo, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm your host, Truth Seeker. This is the Truth Seeker Podcast. Excited and delighted to be with you guys again today. Another exciting episode, and, uh to bring you all things spiritual we'll be discussing spirituality the mind creativity consciousness where it stems from how it affects us how we can affect it does it come from the brain all of these cool questions and how it uh, interacts with us in our day, day-to-day life so got a uh, exciting show lined up for you guys want to say a quick thank you to all the people who are supporting my work via patreon uh, i would not be able to do this without your help so again thank you guys from the bottom of my heart going to give a quick shout out to some of the uh, latest 
patrons that we have within the last week or so. Um, first person just come across my stream this morning, uh, Herbert Gibson III, which is my brother. So shout out to my brother, Herb Gibson, for uh, coming on via Patreon, supporting my work. Shout out to him. So I think it'd be a really cool po podcast to do to actually get him on here. He's got some crazy stories as well. So shout out to my brother, Herb Gibson. Um, Luis Canal Revolution. Shout out to you. Thank you for coming on, believing in my work. And let's see. Uh, Dale Rake, Louis A. Videla. Thank you guys for coming on, becoming patrons. Thank you. Uh, enabling me to do this. You guys are the enablers. So if you'd like to support, please head on over to patreon.com backslash truthseeker. And uh, you get access to a bunch of really cool stuff there. You get my entire discography of music. 200 plus songs are available there right now you get access to that and as soon as i'm done recording a song it's uploaded to patreon as well so a bunch of unreleased music is uh over there on patreon and you get access to it months before it's available to the general public you also get access to our thursday night school of the mystic sessions which we do every thursday 7 p.m central which is the community aspect to the podcast so again everybody supporting who've been supporting for years months days whatever it is thank you guys from the bottom of my heart so uh we're gonna go ahead and jump into the podcast here so without further ado i'm gonna bring on my guest today which is mark gober mark welcome to the podcast brother how are you i'm well thanks so much for having me oh man thank you for coming on so we're gonna be talking about consciousness what what is it and uh i've Listen to uh, some of your past episodes, especially the one with uh, our, our mutual friend. Um, it, it was really good. So I kind of I got some ideas about some things I want to ask you. And um, about death, consciousness, life, you know, all of these things kind of work together. So we're going to get into some good discussion um, about your new book. So uh, if you want to, I guess a good place to start would be just to kind of give the people a little bit of uh, background about you, your work, and what you bring to the table. We'll start there. Yeah, that sounds good. So as you mentioned, I have a, a recent book that came out in October. It's called An End to Upside-Down Thinking. And the subtitle is Dispelling the Myth that the Brain Produces Consciousness and the Implications for Everyday Life. And we'll talk about the details of the book soon. But when I tell people about my book, I'm usually asked what I do and whether I work in science or philosophy or something like that. And people are often surprised to hear that I actually work in business. So I'm a partner at a firm in Silicon Valley called Sherpa Technology Group. We advise technology businesses on their strategy. Prior to that, I worked in investment banking with UBS in New York, one of the large global investment banks. And I was actually there during the financial crisis. So from 2008 to 2010 is when I was in New York working with many of the very companies that were having financial struggles. We were advising them. So that was an interesting period. And prior to that, I graduated from Princeton University where I was captain in the tennis team. So most of my life has been focused on athletics and business, and it's only been within the last two years or so that I became really interested in consciousness. And it wasn't a planned thing. It was, I heard some podcasts two years ago that really piqued my interest a bit, and then I started to look into it a bit more, and I heard about things that just didn't really make sense according to the mainstream views, saw that there was some science that backed it, and a lot of science, like from the U.S. government, from Princeton, from University of Virginia, and it really shifted my worldview 180 degrees. So after researching for a full year, I decided to put my thoughts on paper into a book. Prior to that, I had no plans on writing a book. It was all just personal interest because I wanted to know. And that's the book that is now out. So 
whenever we hear the term consciousness, a lot of different people obviously say a lot of different things, what it is, where it comes from, things like that. Um, I just put out a, a little video about Christ consciousness, right? So it's kind of a buzzword in the spiritual and in the philosophical communities, consciousness. What is it? So um, from, from your perspective, what is consciousness, that term in general? So I think we, we try to use human language to define something that might actually not have limits to it. So there, there's the minute we use language, we are limiting something that's not limited. So I'll give that caveat. But the way I think about consciousness from a just a day-to-day, everyday experience perspective is that you and I are having a conversation right now. We're both aware. Your listeners, they're aware right now. What is that awareness? It's a subjective inner experience. So when you say, I am speaking, that I, that identity that's what I mean by consciousness. So it's, is it similar to the soul or the spirit of a person, the you that's behind the, the glasses or whatever, or b- behind the, the uh, eyelids? Yeah, so I, I typically don't use the word soul because people have different definitions for it. But the way I think about it, and people can relate it to their own definitions if they want, but it's, it's the experiencer of my life, like that which is witnessing my life that is always there experiencing it. That's my consciousness. And it's kind of this intangible thing that's always there witnessing and is kind of untouched by whatever happens in the world, but it is there experiencing the life of Mark, for example. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, we were talking about just, just the other uh, other day in our School of the Mystic sessions, this, this weird deja vu moments where I used to kind of be like on autopilot at work and I'm carrying... Uh, car parts into a business and bringing them their stuff and signing paperwork and getting my truck and, go, and going on that route. And then there's this weird, weird feeling that you get of like, you're kind of experiencing it backwards. Like it's almost like the body is on autopilot. Like, what am I doing here? Lifting these things. And how did I sign up for this? And it only lasts for a few seconds or a minute, but you're like, what am I doing and how did I get here? Maybe similar to, you know, when you have that commute to and from work that, you know, seven miles have passed. <laughs> You've just been somewhere else and your body kind of takes over. Is that is that our, our consciousness becoming aware of itself? What What is that phenomenon? How does that relate to consciousness? It's a really important one. I, I We're kind of skipping to the end of the conclusions that I end up getting to. And I have a feeling we have similar perspectives, but it's when we think about our consciousness as our identity, like that sense of being and kind of witnessing our, the life of our body, it's a, it's a recontextualizing of what we're kind of taught. We're taught that we are a body and that our consciousness comes out of our body through a brain. It's just a bunch of chemicals and your consciousness comes out. But what you were just describing, what I think is, is more likely the case is that our consciousness is our identity and that our body is that which is experienced by consciousness. So when you think when you were in that state of mind, you were kind of experiencing that firsthand where the body was within your own consciousness. And you were really, it sounds like you were identifying with your true identity as consciousness rather than as the body. I know it would just open up for more questions and just, <laughs> we're just, we're just going to dig deep, I guess. But um, is that singular? Is there a collective consciousness? Is it, am I the individual experiencing itself the way i think about it is that there is one big consciousness that is the basis of all physical reality 
and that each of us is an expression of that one consciousness. Yeah. So, for example, the famous physicist Erwin Schrödinger, he's famous for Schrödinger's cat in quantum physics. He said, in truth, there is only one mind. And that's the same notion that there is, it, there's kind of one consciousness that we are experiencing through, a, through different bodies. So each body is like the lens of experience. And there, there's an analogy I like from Dr. Bernardo Castro, who's a philosopher in this area. And he, he says, imagine that reality is like a stream of water, where water represents consciousness. So consciousness is in this big kind of infinite stream. And each of us as an individual, we're like whirlpools within that stream meaning that we're made of water, we're made of consciousness, but we have an individual localized experience. So it seems like there's only my mind and your mind. But at the core level, we're connected at the level of our overall consciousness of the broader stream. We get into a lot of um, spirituality, spiritual talk. We talk about discerning spirits and being able to walk in um, empathy, being able to feel what other people are going to through being intuitive and things like that. And it would make sense if we are all connected this way through consciousness, if we're all just this, what we like to say, you know what I'm saying? God experiencing itself through experiences that people are having. Um, if we are with that. Yeah, totally. And, and a lot of my book is, is looking at the science that shows that those effects are real. Yeah. And there's a phenomenon in quantum physics, which is a really important one. It's, it's one that we don't see with our eyes on a day-to-day -day basis, but it's been proven for years and years. Um, so it's known as entanglement, which is the idea that when you have two particles, these are like physical things. One's here, one's really far away somewhere. Yeah. When you affect one, the other one that's far away is affected at the exact same instant. There's a correlated change. One is mirroring the other, and there's no time lag. So that is suggesting that there's some kind of interconnectedness between at least our physical reality. And, and these are things that are totally mind-blowing because our, our mind, our, our limited uh, human brain can only like kind of conceptualize so much. And even Albert Einstein had a hard time with this. He called it spooky action at a distance because there was this instantaneous thing going on, whereas he thought the speed of light, which is really fast but not instantaneous, he thought that was the fastest that anything could go. So he tried to disprove it and ended up only further proving that it's real. So we have this underlying entanglement in our reality. And there have been many scientists like Dr. Dean Radin at the Institute of Noetic Sciences. He wrote a whole book called Entangled Minds, which gets to your very point of, is there something connecting all of us when we feel an intuition about a, a loved one from far away and we know something's going on? We all kind of have these experiences sometimes and there might be science to back it up. All right. Um, dealing with the with, with the consciousness, um, what happens when or what do you think happens when um, our life is is over here on, on the earth and we're not conscious of this realm anymore the way that we see it now or, or you know what I'm saying the way we know it now? Yeah. Well, I think the best evidence we have for what what happens in maybe those other realms is from the near death experience phenomenon. And this is something that I, before getting into my research, I would have said, well, isn't the near-death experience just a hallucination that the brain creates? Because before you're about to die, your brain releases chemicals and you kind of hallucinate to make yourself feel better before you die. Yeah. That's what I would have thought. Mm -hmm. But when I got into the actual science of it, there's it's th these experiences of people, they talk about unconditional love, they talk about hovering over their body, so their consciousness is like not even in their body. And they're seeing things in the room that were, are later verified as being accurate. 
people talk about having a life review where they're reviewing their whole life and judging themselves for how they treated people. And in some cases, they experience that life review through the eyes of the people that they affected during their life. And they're feeling the feelings that they caused for those people. So these are the things that are happening in this other realm or maybe other dimensions or something. And then they typically come back in their body. So we're cut off as to what we can see. But for me, the reason I think that those are, are real things. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit and not hallucinations is that these experiences are occurring sometimes in people who have such extreme physiological trauma like they're in cardiac arrest there's no blood flowing to their brain uh, their heart stopped and yet they're having these lucid experiences where they're hovering over their body and they see things in the room that are later verified as being accurate and there are a number of scientists who have studied this for example, cardiologist Dr. Pim Van Lommel, he has a famous article in the Lancet Journal for your listeners who are interested in that. You can Google it, the Lancet, Dr. Pim Van Lommel. Another one, Dr. Sam Parnia in 2014 had a, an article in Resuscitation Journal where he talked about one of these people who had cardiac arrest and yet remembered things in the room that were time stamped at the time when his brain was off. So again, these things suggest to me that the consciousness is not tied to the body. And what happens to us after we die? We have these little hints about what happens soon after death. But beyond that, it becomes really an inference. Yeah. Um, with consciousness not being a part of the brain, right? And almost like the brain is kind of like just how we um, interpret these, uh, you know what I'm saying, this experience here on Earth. It kind of messes with me a little bit to think about, um, <laughs> I know you get deep, right? These little yeah. things, you know what I'm saying? That, that kind of, that kind of hang you up, but it kind of messes with me a little bit to think about dementia and Alzheimer's, right? If consciousness is not dealing with the brain and what we've experienced, what we can communicate and stuff, it just seems kind of weird to feel like that consciousness is dimmed or can't express itself the way it wants to almost like the person is fully aware or maybe the body or brain is not letting them be aware and and it's just this weird thing to think that 
when you pass that person who has Alzheimer's or dementia or they're not really there anymore, that death is in almost like an um, escape or release that, oh, now I can express myself in this other realm or other reality. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like that light has been dimmed, but death is going to be like a release to experience it. So to kind of you know what I'm saying link the two there for me it's hard to unlink them that consciousness has to deal with the brain and when the brain gets damaged and we go through things and then it's over versus like there's going to be something totally new once you you know cross over whatever the case is does that make sense at all yeah I'm, I'm glad there are a few points that you raised that are really important one is is the connection between the brain and consciousness it's important that we establish that I'm not arguing that the brain has nothing to do with our conscious experience, and that's not what many of these scientists are arguing either. What what the argument is is that the brain is more like an antenna. It's yeah. a very broad metaphor. So when the antenna is broken or the antenna is damaged or it's reconfigured, then the conscious experience that the person has is going to be different. It's like the signal, the consciousness itself is untouched, but the lens of experience has changed. So when you have someone who, with Alzheimer's or some or brain damage, they're going to have a different experience, but their consciousness itself has not been altered. And to your point about, well, what happens when the body dies and the consciousness is sort of let free, this is what people talk about in their near-death experience, is that their body is almost a limiter. It's like a filtering mechanism. And when they're out of their body, their consciousness is more free to act. It's, um, it, they talk about it as being a liberating experience. That's deep, man. Um because you're talking about the brain being an antenna. So where is this consciousness? Is it in the body? Is it in the brain? Is it in the third eye? Like, where is the consciousness? Because there's all of these these deep theories from different religions. Christianity touches on it a little bit. The Greeks talk about it. But uh, they talk. there's a scripture in the Bible that says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ, right? And it's almost like there's this avatar state in these higher realms, these higher dimensions. The Greeks believed that we were with the planets and things like that. And you're talking about that consciousness being beamed down almost into the body. Um, you have the term of the higher self, like that, like it resides somewhere else, the brain being an antenna. Where is the consciousness or where is the, 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 the spirit? Is it in this meat suit or is it somewhere else and we're like animating it almost like the matrix or something <laughs> well the way i, <laughs> no, that's I think a about deep it question you know it's a good question but the way i think about it is that consciousness that everything is consciousness the entire physical realm is an experience within this one mind consciousness yeah. and even max planck the famous physicist nobel prize winner he said i regard consciousness as fundamental and i regard matter as derivative from consciousness in other words, this whole physical world is like an emergence within consciousness. So where do I think consciousness is? I think it's everywhere and everything. But then the, another question that you're alluding to is, well, how is the body interacting with this? That is a really good yeah. question, and I don't think it's well understood yet. Because most scientists are thinking about the brain as being the producer of consciousness. They're not yet looking at it, most of them, as the receiver or the filter. So we don't fully know exactly what the relationship is. But I want to give a few examples to that, might, that might give hints. Um, one is with organ transplant donations. We find that when people take an organ from somebody else, that they end up sometimes taking on the person's memories and even personality traits. <laughs> yeah. Right? So it's like, well, I mean, if that's the case, then is all of our consciousness just in our brain, even if our brain is the receiver? So I'll give an example that I talk about in my book. It's from a book called uh, 
the Hearts Code by Paul Pearsall, where a little girl, I don't think she's named in the book, but we'll call her Sarah. She got the heart from another girl named Jane. Okay. And then she, Sarah starts having nightmares at night where she feels like she's being murdered by somebody. And her mother takes her to a psychiatrist. They find out that the heart that she got was from a little girl from Jane who had been murdered. So Sarah's having nightmares and she's having very vivid descriptions. And her psychiatrist says, well, why don't you just start telling me about this person that murdered that you're having dreams about? And ultimately the description was so detailed that they were able to give the descriptions to detectives and they found the person that murdered Jane, the one who originally had the heart. So it's pretty miraculous that's that memories like that could potentially be transferred through another organ, number one, and it's also not the brain. So it raises questions. What else in our body is kind of picking up as an antenna for our consciousness and for our mm -hmm. memories and emotions? There's a uh, scripture in the Bible that talks about, um, like, if we, if we believe in our hearts or in our minds, mind's eye, if we, and we confess with our mouth, it's like believing is like bringing that awareness to, like, this now moment. We look at Eckhart Tolle, um, who's like a millionaire off of teaching people to bring their conscious awareness to this moment right now, that there is no... Mm -hmm past present future like everything is in the now moment it's all we have that's all we ever will have and there's so much power in that with uh planning creating a life that you want for yourself your goals your future you know what i'm saying to actually write them down and things like that to bring that conscious awareness to the now moment and i find a lot of power in that is are, are you touching on things like that because we're, we're talking about the consciousness the awareness and then the title of your book is talking about thinking so thinking mm -hmm. has to come in play it's not just about this you know crazy spiritual consciousness awareness stuff but about using your brain and coming to that now moment I, you know what i'm saying for me that's, that's so much power we look at as far as meditation and all of the, the the things with that and how that's used in a positive way to set goals for yourself and stuff. So where does it come in? Like the thoughts that we're thinking, the things that we're entertaining into your conscious um, awareness, where do, like, where's the power in that with changing our life or whatever? Yeah. Well, you, you raised a question about time at the core and, and that's an issue that I, I get into. And as I mentioned I think about consciousness as being the basis of the physical reality. And even further than that, consciousness is beyond all space and time. So the way that we perceive time as a linear thing, there is a past, there's a present, there's a future. This is a really important topic. And this is what I think Eckhart is, is getting at is there. First of all, we cannot prove that there is a past. So if I think about something that happened five minutes ago, that is a memory that occurs right now. Okay. Anything that happened in the past allegedly is an inference based on my memory that is occurring right now. So the entire past that I could ever think of is occurring now in my mind. And the same goes for the future. Any future event that's hypothetical, it's, it's a thought that occurs right now. So just conceptually, time is maybe not what it appears to be. We interpret things as being sequential. It's an interpretation that is so ingrained in society that it's past, present, future. Uh, but when we look at things like physics again, Albert Einstein, relativity, this is very well proven. Time goes faster or slower depending on how fast you're moving. And we don't experience it on a day-to-day -day basis because we're all moving at roughly the same speeds. But when you start moving really, really fast in the galaxy, time slows down relative to other people who are stationary. Mm -hmm. So at the very least, time is not fixed. It's relative depending on your speed. So that's a big deal because that's not that's totally counterintuitive. And it suggests that maybe it's not what we think it is. Further than that, 
I talk about a phenomenon in my book called precognition, which is where we know the future before the future happens. And actually, some studies have been done, and these have been done by many credible people like Dr. Daryl Bem from Cornell University and a bunch of other scientists, where the body is reacting to a picture that randomly comes up on a computer screen seconds before the picture is shown. And no, the person doesn't even know what kind of picture it's going to be. Sometimes it's an arousing picture, like a violent image or something that's erotic. Sometimes it's like a mountain or something peaceful. And yet the body is responding in a corresponding direction before the picture is shown. So it's as if the future is impacting our past. It's a retro causality, which totally is mind-blowing if that's a real thing, if that's what the statistics seem to continue showing. So this is all to your original point about what is the now, what's the power in the now. I think we, it can be very helpful to appreciate what you said, which is that all that is really occurring is this very instant. And to get into that rather than letting our thoughts go too much into the past and too much into the future, that can be the key to being present and to probably living a happier and more peaceful life. Yeah. Now that we know that, or we can live our life like that's true, right? If, 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 I mean, it's a good place to start something to try. How do we bring that stuff into the now moment? Are there meditation techniques? Have you experienced this with your own life, being successful, things like that, creating your book? You know what I'm saying? Was there any of that stuff? I'm sure as you were, you know what I'm saying, researching that stuff, there were maybe some techniques, mindfulness, um, things like that, that you could apply to your life to create the life that you want for yourself. Does that come into play with your thinking, awareness, consciousness, and things like that? Yeah, totally, totally. I've come across a lot of methods, and for, for everyone, I think it's different. Some people have just have different preferences for what works for them. So really, it's whatever works for you. For me, um, what is always helpful is to kind of come back to this reality that I've now come to appreciate, which is that I, my identity is not tied to my physical body. Rather, it is the witness of my experience. So sometimes if I'll get stressed about something, I'll snap out of it and say, wait, I'm the witness to this experience. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's just a kind form of, of meditation. yourself from the, from the whole situation. Like, hold on. I'm not, I'm yeah. Not, I'm not doing it no more. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm, ex I'm experiencing it, but I'm the untouched witness by that. So that isn't a form of presence the minute you do that. I mean, Eckhart, when he talks about presence, I think he said something to the effect of one, one conscious breath bring, can bring you to the present. And that could be enough to snap one out of yeah. uh, if you go into an anxious phase you just take a breath and you're there and at least restart the clock a little bit so i think it's those instances while we're in our day-to-day -day lives because it's it's somewhat easy to go on a meditation app or go on a meditation retreat and focus your time then but to do it in practice while you're living in your everyday life that to me is the hardest thing especially after years of, of training and thinking that life was different it's like an unwinding of whatever i used to think and I have to consistently and constantly bring myself back to the present and say, wait a second, I'm the witness here. No matter what's going on or how stressed I am because of what's happening in my life, I am experiencing the body of Mark, but I am not tied to that. So come back to the witness, and then usually that will calm things down. Um, as far as creating the life that you want, and I've, I've had to do that the last two years or so, three years maybe, just being conscious of it and trying some of this stuff out. Um and there were some times in meditation and on psychedelic adventures and things like that, that I was kind of shown what I need to, to do with my life and actually how to do it. And it's always we like to project our consciousness outside of ourselves as far as like one day I'm going to be this or one day I'm going to do that. Um, and we're, we're talking about time. 
And we're talking about this person that we see ourselves being or becoming in the future. There was this huge revelation that shifted everything for me when I would see myself like that. I want to do a podcast. I want to be a healer. I'm a, I want to do this. And this was things that I, it was outside of me. Like one day I may get the opportunity, but to, the understanding that I'm those those things already reside within me. I already am those things because I want to be them. They're already a part of me. So it's not one day I'm going to become this. And, and it was sh- shown to me through revelation of like different ways in my life that I are, that I was already achieving this stuff in small ways. So looking at, at, at those things that we want to do, the, the people that we want to um, become, maybe, I mean, it probably works for everything. If you need a, a spouse, you want a spouse in your life, like that person's already connected to you somewhere. So it's just like, I know there's a gap there, the things that are not as though they were like, how, how do we kind of reel those things in? But for me, it was to see them not separate um, from myself or see them something out. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Side of myself that I need to try to uh, obtain that it was already within and that we can go within through the conscious breathing through the breath it's bringing the awareness to the now moment now have you had any experience with that because we're talking about time doesn't exist the future doesn't exist that is just a thought or an idea but you created it and it's within you but you can pull it into your reality yeah i mean for me i guess my personal journey is maybe the best example where two years ago i had just started learning about these phenomena and here i am with a book that's out i had no plans of writing a book yeah. But I got really interested in it. And then when I told friends about the research I was doing, and they're, most of my friends, just because of where I've grown up and what things I've done, they're from the business world. So when I talk about things like psychic abilities and near-death experiences and start telling them the science, they say, I've never heard of this before, but this is totally rock, world-changing stuff. And for a lot of people that I've had conversations with like that, it started to shift things for them. Yeah. So I set a very clear intention of, okay, well, I'm having a positive effect on people. So I, I feel like I it's almost an obligation if that's something that I'm providing without even realizing it, that maybe I can give that to more people. So I set the really clear intention when I sat down to write the book, which was the July 4th weekend in 2017. I spent four days in my apartment in San Francisco and didn't leave. 
basically. I just wrote for four days straight and finished more than half of the book. But I think the, the intention was really clear. I ended up finishing it over the next few weekends. It's super clear intention of I want to make the information clear to people so that they can understand it. And for those who are interested, it could have a really positive impact on their lives. So I think whether I knew it or not, I was setting that very clear intention. And now here we are a year, a little bit after a year after I wrote it and the book is now out and hopefully having that effect on people. Now, let me ask you this. So with those techniques of mindfulness and stuff like that and creating it, do you ever look back and say, man, how did I accomplish that? Because like there's some things that, that, that come through and you do with using these um techniques or whatever just being mindful and you accomplish stuff and then maybe sometime later you look back and you're like wow did i really did i really do that or was that almost without being too crazy was that almost channeled to me like how did i do do that because you know what i'm saying it's like we we're we we get all we we have all this power we could do anything we set our minds to and trust me when i started doing that like stuff started clicking dude like quick like I was able to manifest stuff into my life just by thinking about it and taking those practical steps. And um, and I, I was kind of blowing myself away like, wow, this is a lot faster than I thought. Like I thought this was going to take, you know, years maybe or months even. But it turns out it only took a couple of weeks for me to, to kind of create this stuff. Have you ever been in those all moments like that as well? Maybe after the book was out or, or whatever? Yeah. I mean, when I sat down to write it and I realized, cause I had now, I knew very clearly what I wanted the book to look like in terms of the structure. So yeah. The structure that is now the final book is, is basically what I outlined initially. But I said, wait, this is going to take months for me to do. Cause yeah. I, I, I still work and it's just, I, it's a research book. So I can't just sit there and write yeah. Yeah. really, you know, I have to have a citation for everything, but because I really wanted to do it, I ended up finishing th things much more quickly than I ever thought I could have. I mean, I, within that month of July, the book was, or a draft of the book was done. So that was something I couldn't have envisioned when I sat down to write it. There's no way I thought it would have happened that quickly. So when I look back at it and I reread it, it's like, wow, I was really in the zone there. And it reminds me of my tennis days where it's like some matches you're oh, in the yeah. zone and things are flowing. You're not thinking about the past, present, and future. You're just there. You're not even thinking about the now because you're in it. I think that's what started to happen as I was writing it. And, and I've seen it happen in other parts of my life. And it, so is is there like a, is there like conscious techniques and stuff like as far as getting a game plan and because there's people who you know they they don't really have a vision you know what I'm saying they don't know what to do next like can like I I'm I'm saying it like it's a law I do it I go into that meditative state and kind of get a game plan about what I need to do and it's not always easy or whatever the case is but if someone's listening and they don't have a vision they don't know what they want to do with their life are they able to do it through 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 these techniques and things it's a really good point i think so when i think about most of the intentions that i try to set it's it's based on things that i will find passion in so i i try to attract in things that i i will be passionate about without knowing what those are sometimes so I think it's okay not to know, but to maybe set the intention of, I, I want to find the things that I'm just going to be so interested in when I don't even know what that is or when it's going to happen and not be attached to the outcome of, well, it has to happen within a week from now. I think that's really the key is not to be attached to the outcome of that, of the thing that you're desiring is to say, well, I put this desire out there, whether it's to be passionate about something or if it's something even more specific, but if it doesn't happen, I'm okay with it. So it's like, 
if you get too attached to it, maybe you almost prevent it from happening, whether it's a physiological thing or otherwise. But if you just kind of let it go and say, okay, if it happens, it happens, it doesn't, it doesn't. I found that to be the most effective technique. It takes the pressure off also. Um, you're talking about having these different scientific explanations for whether it's psychic abilities or psychic phenomena that happens um, in our in, in our, our lives. Um, it kind of helps it make sense whenever it's, you have both ways to explain it. We can explain it and make it sound like really far out, really woo woo bring up, bring, bring every thought to a, you know what I'm saying? A single point and, and all of this cool spiritual stuff. But it's really like, if you change your thinking, if you change the things that you're thinking about, you're like naturally going to start walking in that direction. If you're thinking about your goals and writing them down and, and, and you know what I'm saying? Bringing them to the, the, the forefront of your mind and what the the scripture says to kind of, you know what I'm saying? Meditate upon these, these things daily, all of these beautiful, lovely things and kind of creating your life that way. So it's cool that it, it's spiritual and it's far out because I believe it is. But if it's just that, then it's woo woo. But if it becomes practical, then it's like, look, these are practical things that you can do uh, in your life to create the life that you want for yourself. And they're spiritual. Every single point about it. If we're talking about consciousness, if we're talking, and that's the whole thing of just talking about your thoughts and thinking, okay, let's get deep about your thinking and why your thinking's important on a lot of spiritual and metaphysical aspects that your thoughts create your reality or the things that you're focusing on and things like that. So it is really cool that you're saying that you actually have all of these different practical ways or scientific ways that explain the far out woo woo spiritual stuff. And that's the key. Yeah, I totally agree. And I want to point your listeners to a study that gets to this exact topic for your listeners who want to have the hard data for it. At Princeton University, which I didn't even know about when I went to school there, there was a lab for 27 years called the Princeton Engineering Anomalies Research Lab, where the former dean of engineering, this guy was a rocket scientist, was running studies where people put their mental intentions, intentions toward a machine. And the machine was called a random number generator, meaning that the machine would spit out zeros and ones in a random fashion. When you look at the string of zeros and ones over the long run, you get 50% ones, 50% zeros because it's random. What they ask people to do in these studies is to put their mental intention to the machine to try to make it produce more ones and zeros. And what they found is that when people put their mind to the machine and they tried to will it to produce more ones and zeros, there was a very slight but highly statistically significant effect, which suggests that the mind is having an effect on this physical process without any touching of it. They're not touching the machine. It's their intentions shifting it. So that is really strong evidence that our intentions can affect the physical world, even if it's a slight effect. Now, do you think that that has something to do with what we call synchronicity as well, of just seeing these things that we're thinking about, we're seeing them everywhere, or these different phrases that come to us that we've never heard, and now they're every, everywhere, you know what I'm saying? These different weird implications with synchronicity, does that kind of fit into there somewhere? Yeah, it does. It does in a way. And I think it gets to a lot of the issues we've talked about. One is time. If time isn't linear, then it's like the future affecting the past and vice versa and who knows what. But also this idea of entanglement where the universe is interconnected in certain ways. So it might be that our thoughts are informing um, the physical reality around us in ways that we don't fully understand. And our limited human mind interprets the synchronicities as kind of the few it's like the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg that you can see, but there's a lot of stuff underneath it under the water. Um, 
we're seeing that tip and we see these little synchronicities, but we don't know all the other stuff that's going on in the universe to explain how these things work. So the short answer is with regard to synchronicities, I'm much more open to those events being not random chance, but there's something going on with this entangled universe that we live in. Yeah. It's just got to get to the bottom (laughs) of what it is that's going on sometimes. I mean, it's kind of like the glitch in the matrix, right? You see the black (laughs) cat that keeps walking by like this same weird thing every day. And some of those um, synchronicities are insane, man. So it would be like... We, you know what I'm saying? We want to think that some type of intelligence or some type of consciousness is interacting with us, which I, I believe, right? I believe we call it God or whatever, the supreme source or whatever it is. Like something knows that you know type deal, right? It's like, hey, I'm aware that you know, and I'm going to send you these. I like to call them breadcrumbs, right? They're just, you know what I'm saying? Little breadcrumbs and hey, you're on the right path. Those type of t- type of deals for me. Um, a lot of people would tell you like when you have synchronicities to look at the information. What is it? What does it mean to you? And I know that sounds cool. And sometimes it is. Sometimes a lot of times it's just random stuff that just goes on in your head and then it's manifested throughout the day. Just these random thoughts. And if that and if it's just these random thoughts that are manifested in the connection there, why can't they be bigger things with our life? And I think that kind of gets into that with your book a little bit, man. They're actually creating those little occurrences and, and they're showing up in the physical reality, right? These thoughts and these weird connections that are there somewhere in the universe. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But when it comes to interpreting those events, that's where it can get really tricky because our human mind has such limitations that we can't see the full picture. Yeah. The way I like to think about it is, Imagine that we are, we live in a two-dimensional world, like we're a flat piece of paper, yeah. okay? That's our world. And a sphere, so a round 3D circle, is touching the, the paper and then going through it. At first, when it touches it, all the people in 2D world, like us, they see a point. Then the sphere starts to go through, and you see a circle. All we're going to see is a circle because we're in 2D land. It's like a cross-section of that sphere. That's mm-hmm. all that we can perceive. So we don't perceive the entire sphere, we're only perceiving its contact with our two-dimensional world, but the sphere itself is 3D. That's just an analogy to use the, 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 this idea that we're in this dimension or something, and the, we see little bits and pieces, and we try to interpret it from our limited lens of this dimension. But maybe there's something much broader that we just cannot comprehend because of where we are. Now, with, with that, have you have you played with that at all? I know when I first got into spirituality or, or listening to these type of, of lectures about quantum physics and things like that, like, I wanted to try it. So I tried to get into uh, telekinesis and, like, uh, you know, the PSI wheel, making stuff spin, like making pins roll and conscious yep. connectedness and things like that. Have you ever got into that at all, messing with that? I personally haven't gotten into it as much. I think it's just because I've been so busy yeah. <laughs> with the book and everything else. <laughs> but I, I've, you know, it, it seems like there's something there, and, and yeah. there are many studies that show that that exists, at least on a subtle level. Yeah. For me, it's been more about these intentions that we talked about yeah. and just being really clear with the things that I want and being much more mindful of the way I'm thinking. Yeah. Because if we view consciousness as the basic part of this whole reality, then it's like the physical world is almost malleable. It can be molded by how we're thinking in ways we don't understand. And when you even get to the level of physical matter from the physics standpoint, well, Matt, what's your table made out of? It's made out of a bunch of atoms. What are atoms made out of? When you look at a microscope, in a microscope, the atom is 99.9999999% empty. So it's mostly empty. Stuff that we call this material world that seems solid, it's number one, mostly empty, and it's 
arguably not even in the same form unless you're observing it. So this, again, gets back to the point of the physical world potentially being very much influenced by the way we're thinking. Yeah. So as far as like your thoughts and your ideas and creativity and things like that, and then coupling it with spirituality and just a, 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 like an inward belief, what I guess what most people think spirituality is, but it becomes practical. We're talking about that. So you're using it. You're talking about using it on a day-to-day basis um, in, in your relationships, in your, you know what I'm saying? The writing of your book, maybe even in, in, in business, this is what you do every day, right? Um, so it becomes practical and you use it in every area of your life, right? This mindfulness or this knowing or to try to like, is it to try to create an outcome, like a desired outcome? Like I see it in my mind's eye, this is how I want it. And I'm going to believe it. I'm going to kind of position myself to do it. And it starts happening. So do, so do you use it in business? Do you use it in marketing? Do you use it with your clients, maybe even capturing clients and things like that? Do you see it done before it uh, before it even happens and things like that and, and try to try to connect them or reel them in to the now moment? Is that kind of how it works a little bit, too? Yeah, it's something I'm still playing around with on a day to day basis and like yeah. how it all works practically. I think there's just a general mindset with that. I try to apply to everything I do. Yeah. And at first it was, it was, I'd forget about it because I was so used to my other way of thinking. Yeah. And now it's more uh, like every day I, I try to be conscious about it, whether it's business or relationships or anything else. Yeah. We're interacting with people. <clears throat> it's just to be very clear on, on the witness here and identifying with the... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Consciousness rather than the body and things seem to stem from that. But what we've talked about a few times is setting intentions for things in the future. And I'm always very wary about setting specific intentions for things because it's hard for us to know what we actually want. And this is something I remember from psychology when I studied psychology back at Princeton. It's, there were lots of studies done where people would predict that they wanted something, then they got it and it wasn't exactly as good as they thought it would be. <laughs> so for us to set an intention for something super specific, I'm always just, I'm very wary for it because I'm like, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I need to be careful what I wish for. So when I think about setting the intentions in my day-to-day life, whether it's yeah. business or other things, I try to keep it really general yeah. <clears throat> where it's more about passions for things, things that are going to help me and help others and whatever form that takes is okay because I know myself and I know that I don't know now what I'm going to want in the future. Yeah. It's to try to, it's to try to mend the two. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I talk about all the time is the fact that your mind is powerful. You got to make sure you use it wisely. And the whole, even the thing that the little video I did on Christ consciousness was about, making those decisions with a renewed mind, like making those decisions about what you want to do for yourself in your life 
with a good head on your shoulders, making sure that what, what you're building is what you want for the future. I mean, how many of us have spent time, energy, effort, and money building things, like you said, only to figure out, like, man, I don't want this. This isn't what I planned, or I wanted something else, or I knew I shouldn't have did this, you know what I'm saying, from the beginning, or it's kind of like, you know, whenever we make decisions based off of being offended or being hurt or something like that, and we see it through, and we have to be careful because if you don't pull yourself out of that, you'll you'll create a business, you'll create friendships, you'll create a platform based off of something that, you know, off of, off of hurt or off of being offended or whatever. Okay, it's almost like I'll show them. Let me show them. Oh, they said I wouldn't be successful. Let me show them. And like kind of building it in the wrong direction, right? And mm-hmm. so that's that's the whole thing with with it being just a mindset and how it comes into our practical day to day is just simply change the way that you're thinking and and have this you know these thoughts that you want to do these things you want to do um at the center of your attention every day right and then it becomes practical because it becomes something that i mean if you're thinking about it over and over you're going to be making decisions you're going to be looking for this stuff even if it is synchronicities or stuff you're going to start seeing these things why because you're looking for them and you begin to create that stuff yeah, totally, totally. So I think we all have to be careful and mindful of the thoughts that we're putting out and just be aware of why we're putting the thoughts out. So for me, when I, when I think about like kind of the highest level intention that I like to set, it's based on the research that I've seen to, to, that gets to like the meaning of existence because that to me is the ultimate thing of what am I doing here and, and why and what matters? Uh, is it the things that I care about from the limited ego perspective as some people call it or is there something much bigger going on and what seems to be the case based on the research that i've done and especially the near-death experience where people are having this life review and they're judging themselves for how they acted what many of them and other people who are very psychic come back with is this notion that we're here to evolve our consciousness right so that we, we come into the body with we come in here with nothing physical and we leave the body with nothing physical the thing that we leave with is what we've evolved at the level of our consciousness so if we think about that as really the core meaning of life and treating each other well as be part of being part of that evolution, then to me the highest intention is around evolving our own consciousness and for, for others to help other people in their quest to evolve their own consciousness through whatever they're going through. Mm-hmm. And that might take a whole bunch of physical manifestations. It might be different for me than for you than for your listeners. But that might be the ultimate thing that everyone's kind of striving for yeah. without even realizing it. Yeah, man. Um, it almost seems like, and just just the way I look at it, like it's almost like we're being tested. Like whether you know people believe that Earth is a school, a proving ground, or even the Christian, you know, what I'm saying perception is the fact that like what you do now determines where you're going to spend eternity, either in heaven or hell. So there's all these different ideas that you're being tested and tried here. But as far as like on a consciousness level of like moving from one level to the next um it's almost like we're presented with these tests and um and it seems like the way that you pass the test is to get it right and to get it right is to make the right decisions the right choices which seems to be moving and responding with love with compassion towards people um towards your boss towards your family member whoever it is like responding these ways because i found out that like the more and more we have these dilemmas or these type of situations or these people who come up in our life, when, when we respond with love, we kind of graduate and pass that test and we, we're able to go a little bit deeper 
in this consciousness thing, in this spirituality thing, in this business thing or whatever to thrive and responding like love to, to love, almost like Jesus did. Right. R- responding to your enemies, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, those type of things. And and, and, and in that kind of goes back to what you were saying at the beginning. You step away. Hey, this ain't this isn't personal. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm a spectator. I see what you're going through. I know why you did that. We're connected. You know, and the whole namaste in La Kala, uh, Ken, I'm connected to you. You're connected to me. You are another expression of me. Do good to those um, who, who, um, you know what I'm saying, who do wrong to you. For in doing so, you're doing it back into yourself. And it's it's like this weird song and dance with love, with God, with consciousness, with the universe, and with everybody. And we're all in it, whether we know it or not, right? And we... We're, we're, we're responding um, to to people and just through mere conversations, man, and just the things we're thinking about, the things we're pushing, and it's it's crazy, man. But it's beautiful, and I've seen that. Have you? Does that have you? Does that make sense at all? Like the whole testing, and like once I get over this, then I can go to something deeper. And, and like I, I make, we're making it sound spiritual, but even that's practical, right? Even that mm-hmm. comes back to to something practical that we we what which is in our mindset, the way that we think, the way that we perceive life. Yeah, I mean, that, it's certainly something that comes up over and over again with people who have a near-death experience or other sorts of mystical phenomena. This is a common thread. And it might just be that our human mind, because we think in such a linear fashion, that's just the way our brain works, is that we, we try to analogize and we call it school and levels. Mm-hmm. And that just might be a simplification of yeah. something bigger. But it seems like in the, it's something in that general direction. And you talked a lot about this responding with love and just the, this notion of having love for all people. That is, again, something that comes up with, from people in the near-death experience that is very transformative for them. And they usually come back into their bodies. Often they get divorced. They change their job because they're, they are experiencing this like pure consciousness that when we're in our body, it's harder to feel because we're in this dense form. But it seems like unconditional love is a property of the, the underlying consciousness that we all are. So when we act in that way, according to that theory, we are just acting in accord with our basic values as consciousness. And that seems to be like the, maybe it's the game if we're trying to analogize it for just a human being. It's sort of like remembering that's our actual state as consciousness. Sometimes people experience it in meditation, on psychedelics, in a near-death experience. But in, on an everyday basis, it's our challenge to kind of recognize that true nature yeah. within us and within everybody if we're all like schrodinger says if we're just one mind yeah then that's kind of the whole thing is kind of treating other people like they're you and being altruistic because when you're being altruistic to help others you're actually helping yourself because you're the same consciousness um whenever we have those ex- experiences whether it's you know what I'm saying, through breath work, through psychedelics like you're talking about or whatever the case is, or reading a book, man. You know what I'm saying? Like you're reading your book or listening to music. Like I've had that, that, that experience with other people's music and people have it with mine. Um, it changes the way that you think and you have that mystical experience. You have that revelation through reading a book. People read, have that experience by reading the Bible. They walk away. They want to love better. They want to do these type of things. So it like shifts the way that you think. And then you go out and you perceive life differently. You perceive the world differently. You perceive um, nature, people, your connectedness. And then you're like, 
you're a little bit more connected, man, after having those experiences and those encounters. So it's just, it's, it's not all for naught. It, it means something. It changes the way that you're experiencing reality. And, uh, and, and you know what I'm saying? That's in a good way, right? We have books and creativity and art and things like that that help us do that. But there's people who have had those those bad experiences and stuff too. And like the world is against them. And I hear you guys talking about this stuff, but it doesn't work like that. I have bills to pay. I have this. I have, you know, everybody's against me. I can't keep a job, th- those type of things. And like, how do you break that cycle, man? Because there's, there's things that we know work and we want to keep doing the things that, that work. And I think that's what, that's part of the evolution there too. Like, uh, you know, what, what triggers you, you know, what makes you feel a certain type of way, what, no matter what it is, you gotta, you know what I'm saying? Know yourself and, and start doing the things more often that bring you peace and bring you joy and kind of help comfort you on this walk versus being around all the destructive stuff. But like, what, what is the, um, the uh changing point that we can uh approach as far as wanting to change their life because there's a lot of people stuck man they don't under they a lot of people don't get it and i think the music the art the creativity the books and things like that kind of help them do it does it all come back to conscious awareness i think it does i mean you wrote a book on it so yeah is that what it all comes back to to me it's all about having a clear picture of what reality is and the conventional view in most of science and most of society, and I was certainly brought up in this, is that the universe is random and just made of matter. And we emerged within that universe and our consciousness just came out of our brain. And if you buy into that, it is very difficult to break the cycle because that w- way of thinking says, well, all you are is your body and there's no broader meaning. But once your body dies, because that's where your consciousness comes from, then your consciousness is gone. Your memories are gone. So life doesn't really matter because once you're dead, it's over. And that's definitely how I used to think about things because I understood once you die, it's over. So if you want to come up with a meeting, you can do it. It's just a rationalization. So to me, that's why one of the reasons I felt so compelled to write this book is that if that is actually not scientifically accurate and there's so much evidence suggesting it's not, then that assumption that we are a finite, limited being that is separate from everybody else Maybe that's not a correct assumption. So at least for me, the way I think about things, it starts off with a a questioning of the current paradigm and then realizing there's science that suggests it's a different paradigm. So once you kind of break that or or open the door a little bit, I think it can help people. Mm -hmm. But what you talked about, I think, is really the key is for people to have those personal experiences, whether it's from music or from psychedelics done responsibly or a near-death experience, which is kind of a traumatic way to do it. To me, the most yeah. natural way seems to be meditative states or breathing techniques where you can achieve those same states um, in, in, a, in a way that's not doing any potential trauma or harm to the body or, or it's a lower risk thing because the consciousness is always there. It's just a matter of, of accessing it. So I would say for me, it's, it's guess two things. One is something have, having some form of experience. And then number two is intellectually realizing that the assumptions of the mainstream thinking are number one very flawed and number two there's a lot of evidence to question that it's real awesome um i'm with you on that man i'm uh i'm looking forward to to uh, digging into the book let everybody know where they can go uh pick it up at man looks like it's everywhere is it <laughs> yeah it's available on amazon barnes and noble and, and many other bookstores and also my website which is just my name mark gober m-a-r-k g-o-b-e-r.com has more information on my book 
And also in the next few months, I don't have a release date yet. I'll be releasing a podcast where I interview many of the same scientists that I talk about in my book. So they'll be talking about near-death experiences, children who have past life memories, um, psychic abilities, but actually the science behind it. And I hope that will be another way for people to kind of open up to this reality that seems to be very real, but it's not yet uh, accepted by the mainstream. That's awesome, man. That's kind of what I'm doing, but on the opposite end as far as like the religious aspect. So I'm taking the Bible apart and showing you what we may call new age phenomena, psychic abilities, ESP, and all of those things within the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of taking some of the woo-woo off of that. So it's really cool that you're doing that, man, just kind of bridging the gap in any way. And it shows you that, look, at the end of the day, we're not so different after all. And people like to lay claim, like, this is it. You got it wrong. Or it is merely scientific or it is merely spiritual or it is merely re- religious or it's all in your head, whatever the case is. And we kind of take that away from them and say, look, I think it's a little bit of all of it. And we just have these, whatever we're focusing on is kind of what reveals itself to us. And, um, you know, and just kind of be more open-minded, man. And I've seen that happen in, in, in the lives of a lot of people when we're able to take that, it's almost like a religious blinder is what I deal with, right? We're able to, to pull that away and um, and people are able to see that, look, we are all connected. And just because I believe this or whatever the case is, it, it doesn't change um, who that person is. And, and it shows that we're all connected, man. And I really believe that. Yeah, totally. So. I think it's awesome what you're doing, too. I think everyone just has a different lens on, on looking at things and they're all important and... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For different people, certain things will resonate more than others. Yep. So in my case, I just took the lens that I was kind of given in my training and tried to appeal to people that have a similar outlook. And we'll see how it does. Yeah. It's doing well, man. I appreciate this conversation, brother. And uh, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. Let me know uh, when you want to get up and we'll, we'll, we'll do it again. All right. That was fun. Thanks so much. And thanks all for right, all Mark. that you're doing. All right, brother. Bless you, man. Thank you. Okay. You too. All right, peace. Bye-bye. Mark Gober, ladies and gentlemen, check out his work. It's very similar, man. The, the, the conscious now moment. That's where all the power is. That's that's the only moment that we have. Like you don't have tomorrow. What what they say in church, you're not promised tomorrow. So that's that's it, man. That's all we have is the is this now moment, and uh, the power of bringing um, your consciousness and your awareness to the now. And I, I talk about it all the time. I talk about like it's the reason that I'm doing what I'm doing today is because of learning how to do it. And nothing is outside of us like that's the cool thing about 
for me about about Jesus, right? About the scriptures is the fact that uh, he's given us everything within. Like we don't have to go outside of ourselves to find fulfillment. And that's the problem with the world, right? We're going outside of ourselves to find fulfillment. We're going outside of ourselves to to be happy, whether it's drugs, whether it's alcohol, it's addiction, whether it's sex, whether even if it's in another person, right? You're finding your fulfillment within that person. Um, I think all of those things can be, and, and it's not that, we're, you know, all those things are bad, but to find your identity in those things that are outside of you. Um, I don't believe that. That's why I really like the scripture that says uh, that the kingdom of heaven is within you. And to me, that implies that we don't need anything outside of ourselves that the world is trying to sell us. There's this, hey, come here and get this. Like, trust me, there's things outside of us that we can apply and things like that. But to find fulfillment, to, to explore the kingdom, to go within everything. God has already given you everything that you need within that you can go inside and explore that stuff within. You need nothing outside of yourself. Uh, you're not becoming. You already are. You already are. Um, when I was going through that, there was a song because I'm really big into nostalgia. So I listen to some throwback country from time to time. Anytime I hear throwback 90s country, it reminds me of being a kid. You know what I'm saying? And it reminds me of being uh riding with my mom in the car and just being at her friend's house and stuff and summers here in that old throwback country. And there was a song I'm going to be somebody someday. And I would hear that and I would sing it even just a couple years ago. And I had to catch myself. Wait, I'm not going to be somebody someday. You can like to even mouth that it's like you're putting your expectation outside of yourself that one day it's going to happen one day it's going to come to pass you already are you already are somebody you're not going to be somebody the thing with me with you know wanting to become a healer right wanting to do um healing sessions and healing therapy with people that i experienced um through dr jess trago she led us in a uh, you know what I'm saying? Reiki session in New Orleans at her practice. And it was beautiful. And I was just blown away on the fact that she gets to wake up and do that every day, lead people in meditation and help them through traumas and overcoming and planning out their life and things like that. We went and seen her. We did that. And it was a beautiful way to start off our men's retreat uh, encounter. And then we went to the float tank shop and um, did psilocybin mushrooms in the float tank and uh, and I couldn't quit thinking about that fact, man, that I wanted to be a healer. I wanted to do what she was doing. And uh, and I just had this weird wrestling almost with God. And it was just like an overwhelming, like, ah, uh, there's no way I can do it. And there's all these doubts and all these things against me to say why I couldn't or I shouldn't do it. I'm not that well-spoken. How are you going to lead guided meditation when sometimes it's hard for me to even formulate a sentence like I used to stutter all the time like really 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 bad even if you go back and listen to some of the first podcasts I've ever done man it was even then it was it was still hard to um to interview people and um and you just practice and you get better and things like that but I've I seen that as something outside of myself that I couldn't be and I just was just taken down this this journey with the Lord where it's just like you already are a healer and begin to show me things within my own life, even my music, 
man, prayer circles that we do, you know, all of these different things. The Lord showed me, said, look, you already are healing people. You already are a healer. So don't look at it like it's something you might be or one day you could be if you played your cards right. You already are. It's within you and, you, and that want is within you for a reason. Like you want to uh, pursue that for a reason because I put it within you. All of those desires and things like that, God gave them to you. And we talk about it all the time. Like God didn't give you those desires just to kind of hang it over your head and say, oh, you know, I was going to give this to you, but you dropped it. But you dropped the ball. So now I'm going to give it to somebody else. And it's just weird. Maybe I don't know if we feel like our teachers or our parents or somebody did that to us. But many people feel like God is doing that to them, like holding these things over their head that is just barely out of their uh, grasp, just barely out of their reach. Like you could do it, but you're not because of blah, 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 or because you have kids. Now you can't do this because you have kids or, and I've heard that one too, you know, um, you should have did it years ago. You're too old to get started, blah, blah, blah. And we just see people coming out, walking in their truth, who are just defying all of that stuff. Really? It's awesome. Um So you're not going to become something you already are if it's within you. Now you have to get from point A to point B to learn how to manifest that stuff. And I think that everything we were talking about today is uh practical things that you can do with the consciousness, with awareness to manifest that stuff. Bring it to uh, bring it into reality. I talk about shamanism and I think a, sh a true shaman is able to kind of go into the astral realms, into the spirit realm, get those dreams out and manifest them and pull them out of that realm into reality. And knowing that who you are, you you have all the tools and everything you need to do that. Um, if I can see it, I can believe it is what the world says, right? If you show me, then I believe it. Um, people of faith, we say, if I can believe it, then I will see it. To understand even the very definition of faith. That we we have evidence of the things that are unseen and be able to bring them into this reality. My expectation brings about my manifestation. And uh, and it gets deep and ever how spiritual you want. But at the end of the day, I really do think it's practical. I really do think it's practical. Chris Garner says, I don't know. I think Satan is a collective topa. He only has the power you give him. You know that. You, I believe in the spirit of Satan, as far as like the word means adversary and anyone can play that adversary. I've had close friends play Satan in my life to become an adversary, to try to destroy things I've built and stuff like that. They've, they've played the Satan, but I do see, this is how my mind works. I do see that with, uh, with Lucifer, right? <laughs> the whole Lucifer concept, which is not biblical, right? It's not a, uh, the, the Bible doesn't explain Lucifer as a created entity that is, that is Satan or whatever the case is. Right. Um, so the, the Bible doesn't say that, but when you, when you use that term, when you use that word, people automatically think of this entity that, that we have created named Lucifer. 
not that God created, but that we that we created Lucifer, that that doesn't exist. That the Lucifer doesn't exist and you're saying that it's a topa, you we created this topa. A topa is a created being uh, through consciousness, through thought, through speaking to it, almost like a daemon. But it's something that you create, not something that from the outside approaches you, but that you create them. You create the demon, you create the topa, you create it. And so I'm at a, a massive cre- uh, creation. I've covered the Lucifer thing on many occasions. It's not biblical at all. Um, if you go back and read... Uh, Isaiah chapter 14 in the Bible. That's the only time it's mentioned. And it's it's the title. Light bearer. And I tell you what. The devil is not a light bearer. We know who the light bearer is. The true, the true bringer of light. The light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Some of these things. It's really beautiful man. Um. So not wanting to become something outside of yourself, but knowing that you already are, man, these are like practical things. And it really, it kind of, sh- just like I was talking about in the, in the, in the conversation with him was the fact that, uh, like once I understood that stuff after my spiritual, um, encounter experience or whatever, once I understood that, um, started taking those steps um you know i talk about blood sweat and tears within your vision um and it takes all of that that is the alchemy i believe blood sweat and tears um i've cried over this you know what i'm saying uh while i was on my other job and just seeing like this was a pipe dream or this was a dead end or something like that literally cried thinking if i should give it up maybe it's too late you know you got to these bills aren't going to pay themselves, you know, those those type of ideas that can kind of steal your joy and steal that vision from you. Um, but once I started to do those and just believe it and say, you know, I'm going to try it, man. It wasn't years. It was it was it was weeks. It was weeks. I put myself out there. Um I did some interviews with some people and told the story, made myself available, did some distance healing with some friends over video chat. And uh, and they were able to feel it on the other side of the world, as we would say these prayers and send forth the energy and things like that. And people who had pain in their body, they were being healed. And it was like little bitty things, man, that was building my faith over just a couple weeks. And, the, and, and encouragement from friends. I got to give shout out to a couple friends, man. At the time, it was Kelly in the Raw. I was on her show. And as many of you watching now who know who I am from those days of back in 2015, where I was going on there once a month and uh, doing that. But we we did some open healing sessions together and stuff like that, too, on her show. But um, so Kelly in the Raw was a, a big influence for me to step out on there. Uh, a even bigger one, my friend Drew Gower. You know, just I would just open with him about my journey and just pouring into him and and both of us to each other. And um, and within those months after that experience, man, we both started coming into uh, those dreams and, and, and visions that we had. 
at that place and uh and to see what happened in his life and and to, for him to see what happened in mine and we both played this this role in each other's life of listening of encouraging you know and it worked man the power of the spoken word the power of expectation um the expectation brings about your manifestation to really believe that and not just as some kind of like these people are making a lot of money off of these stuff for stuff for a reason because it works like it really does work the secret the secret was successful the law of attraction for a reason you know don't have everybody fooled that stuff works and as spiritual as it is it's practical I started to put myself out there and uh, book some sessions, paid sessions where uh, people wanted um, a personal session where I would lead them in guided meditation and energy healing and, uh, and, and, and speak wisdom and speak prophetically over their life and things like that. And I was commissioned and people started booking me like crazy. Like I was doing several sessions a week out of nowhere. And then two week, two three weeks into it, I'm like, oh my goodness! It was kind of overwhelming, like it was really overwhelming how fast it happened. Because I'm like, man, this is gonna take years to to position myself in the right spot, you know, to put out the right marketing, the right branding. Like I didn't know, but it was only a few weeks, and I'm doing this stuff, and like, man, and just to see healing flow into people, and teaching people, and leading them. Uh, guiding them counseling and I was like oh my goodness this is something that seems so far away that came like that and it's like man it was scary it really was most of the stuff is they say if your dreams don't scare you you need a new dream but then how fast it comes stick with it man keep keep it up expect it um, as spiritual as it may sound I don't think you have to go out and do the the psilocybin mushrooms. We've had this talk. You don't have to do that. Um, other people have. We have. We brought back the information. You can if you want. If it calls to you, then do it. You have to do it if it's calling you. There's no way you can say no. Um, but it, you don't have to do those things to get the information. We're bringing it back. We're making it practical. Everybody's saying the same thing. Um, you apply it to your life and see what happens. I ended up, uh, man, it was just, it was just mind blowing, but to see how practical and as spiritual and woo woo, we want to make it sound, but as practical as it was, um, I believe in the placebo effect. I believe in placebo. I believe that, um, if you believe in something enough, you'll get it. I mean, <laughs> the placebo effect is spiritual at the same time. You know, if you believe in something enough, You'll get it if you're see what the the universe works in such a way that whatever you're seeking, whatever you're looking for, you're going to find it. And just like we're talking about the placebo effect and believe in belief, if you believe that Lucifer is a demon who's trying to tempt you and taunt you and he's showing up in every crevice of your life, then he's he is. You created that in your mind. Whatever, whatever it is, if you think Santa Claus is real, if you think the Easter Bunny, like whatever you if you can believe it enough, you're you're gonna see it, even if you're the only one. It gets deep, but even Jesus with the placebo effect, man. Um, you know, Jesus would come into towns, and you know, he is um, 
he would go into cities and there were cities who believed him. They were waiting on him. He'd show up. He'd heal everybody in the city. He, it said he healed all that were sick among them, every single person. And then he would go into other cities where they knew him. It's like, wait, Jesus is doing this? No, he's a carpenter. Now he's what? A healer. He's healing people. He did what? He spit in the mud, rubbed it together and healed a guy. No, no, he didn't. I don't believe it. And it probably, you know, we did this and he did that and blah, 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 blah. He's just a carpenter. He's a regular person like us. He went into other cities where they knew him. And he was subdued. He couldn't heal anybody because of their unbelief. That's deep. The son of God couldn't heal people. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. Because of their unbelief. He was rendered powerless because of their unbelief. Yep. Placebo. He went into other cities where, you know, the woman who had the issue of blood, she had uh, supposed uh, bleeding in her body for so many years. She was like internal bleeding um, and she was in bad shape and she knew when Jesus came through, there were crowds of people around him. She knew if I can just touch him, if I can just touch him, if I can get through the crowd and touch Jesus, um, if I could even touch the hem of his garment, that I'll be healed. That was her expectation. I'm pretty sure there was no power in the hem of his garment whatsoever at all. I don't think he wore a magical robe that healed people. But she knew that if she can reach through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment, she'll be healed. And she was so much. So the crazy thing is that Jesus felt it. He's felt something happen. He said, hold on. Who touched me? Like Jesus was able to connect with that faith. He know he knew her um, desires. He knew her thoughts and her motives. He, and he felt it. And so he moved. He felt the virtue leave him. He said, wait a minute. Who touched me? He's like, man, I haven't seen nobody with that, that great of faith, man. This woman know if she can just touch the hem of his garment. That's symbolic, man. Just all you got to do is just touch it, man. Touch the hem of his garment. If you could just push through the crowd, push through the noise, push through the naysayers. It's no, no, you're too old. No 30 year old rappers. This is a young man's sport. You know, you're too old for this. You're too old for that. You had too many kids. You know, all of these things like you, there's so many reasons for you not to do it. But there's so many reasons for you to do it. Whatever it is that you want to do with your life, whatever it is you want, you're trying to create. And it is practical. There is trial and error. You learn. Don't do this. Do that. Don't do this. Do that. This works. This don't. And that's what we're talking about. The power of expectation. So much so that a creative miracle happened in this woman's body as recorded in the Bible. There's other instances where. Man, people would do whatever they could to touch him. Um, Jesus was in a in a house <laughs> speaking, right? And there was a paraplegic guy. There's ain't no way we can get this guy through the crowd and past everybody to get him to Jesus. There's no way we'll do it. There's way too many people here. There's no way. What did they do? They took the guy on the, on the roof. They tore the roof apart. They cut a hole in the roof. They cut a hole in the roof. And they, they dropped him down through the hole. And Jesus seen the faith. It was like, man, this guy is dropping in on me. Wow. He believes. And why? What? 
He believes he got what he got what he came for. He got a healing. The woman who there was two different women who came and who had a, a child who was dead. And they said, look, just say the word. He'll be healed. I know all you got to do is just say it. Lord Jesus, say, say the word. He'll be healed. OK, I love your faith. He's healed. He's not dead. He's only asleep. Go back. He's asleep. Go get him something to eat. He's hungry. He's going to be hungry when he wakes up. Right. And it's because of the expectation. It's the placebo. You wanted it. You got it. So that for we learn to shift our thinking. What are the things you're expecting? What are the things you're hoping for? Are they big? Are they big enough? Um, Benny Ween says, Benjamin says, nobody needs psychotropic sex uh, or uh, intuitions, but they can help. Yep. You don't need anything, but they can help. Benny says, I'll hit you up the $500 via Patreon by the end of the month. It was going to be on the first, but my shifts got cut off to six days per week, to one week, but I'm going to get a second job. Oh, wow, man. Dude, thank you so much, brother. I really do appreciate all of the support, all of it, whether from the least to the greatest, you know what I'm saying? Even for those who who can't give, who can't support financially, right? You know, I've been messaged a couple times where people have been offended that I um, I thank the, uh, the patrons and stuff. And, um, you know, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound um, cocky. I don't want to sound rude. You know, um, there's a lot of people who support for a dollar a month and I say their name and they, they I guess they want their name said too. Um, huge audience at this point, man. There's no way I could thank everybody every day. It just wouldn't, I'm not able to do it, but I'll say this. I think if you're not, and I'm not saying it about supporting me, just if you, if you're not able to do a dollar a month for somebody, like we got other issues we need to talk about and you need this pot, like you need these practical things, man, that's going to help you not just survive, but thrive y'all out here surviving. No, you people have a weird and I've had it right. This weird relationship with money. Money is the root of all evil. Money is evil. Even these having these weird poverty mindsets, man, thinking that, uh, that, you know, money, the thinking money is evil. And that just because someone has money, then they're not godly, all types of weird understandings that I've been in. And I kind of, I kind of developed that myself years ago, um, by studying the pro the prosperity movement and how nasty and disgusting that thing was and how it was full of greed and full of all this stuff that I would push away blessings, man. I would self-sabotage. I would, I equate, I preached against that riches and things like that, man. Um, and there's people who have this weird, this weird relationship with money. They don't think that, the, I mean, those who seek after money are never going to have enough. You know, you got to watch what what you're seeking for, but you got to know that if God gave you a vision for something, I don't care what it is. If God gave you a vision, he's going to give you the provision. Now, however long it takes to get from point A to point B. That's symbolic in how long it took the uh, Israelites to get through the wilderness. It could have happened a lot sooner when you didn't learn the lessons. 
could have happened a lot sooner. Um, I really don't, I really, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I don't like to see people struggling. I don't like to pe see people, um, I like to see people thriving, man. And I hope, you know, whatever it takes. And I hope that this podcast that you're listening for a reason, if you've, if you've, uh, if you've gotten to this point in the podcast, hopefully something spoke out to you. And I, and, and I'll say this too, cause I know I talk about your passion, you know what I'm saying? Turning your passion, um, into a paycheck, you know what I'm saying? How to, to be able to thrive off of doing the things you love for a living, not letting anything hold you back. That's between you and God at the end of the day. Um, I don't know what it is. There's hundreds of people, thousands of people listening to this. I don't know what it is for everybody. It's different things for different people. Some people enjoy and they're fine working at McDonald's. They're cool with that. They're, they've accepted it. Some people are fine being landscapers. They make a great living doing it. They love it. They, they, they love their job. I know carpenters, people who are gifted and, 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 and blessed to be able to do what they're doing out there in the job world, right? Um, the truck drivers, they, they, they love it. I'm, I'm content with it. If that's you, then, then good. I'm speaking to the person. There's something for you too, but I'm, but when it comes to doing this other stuff, man, I'm speaking to the person who know, who feels like they were meant for something more. feels like they're going to go crazy. If this is the way that it ends. That's somebody. Chris Garner, my only goal is to grow an understanding of all things. My mind cannot stop searching for answers. I'm so thankful for all of you for your contribution to this growth. I also love to help others. Um... Yes, I want I have to I have to preface it like your passions, whatever man, trust me. Like I know people whose passion is carpentry. I know some people whose passions are gaming. And at this point you can turn gaming into a career. There's kids that we've never heard of who are making hundreds of thousands of year or dollars a year. Teenagers. Binary Watcher says, all you have to do is do what you do and put it out there without any expectation from anyone or anything. And it will find a life of its own. True creativity and creativity is the meaning of life. Yeah. Um, put it out there because I, and then there there was a a time where this came um Chris Garner says carpentry is my meditation. Yeah man, it's different things for different people. And do do what you love and that's what it is. Uh, you can create you can use carpentry to make 
things to help people and to uh, uh, inspire people. Trust me. Look at all of this stuff I have behind me. I've got some really cool stuff that was done with digital lasers and cutting out wood and things like that and different um, things on my wall, right? Um, somebody had to do it. Somebody who was skilled in it and who loved to do that and they did it and I bought it and you know what I'm saying and that's how it works and so whatever it is that makes your heart beat man whatever makes your heart tick whatever like sets you on fire man pursue that and use those practical techniques that we've been talking about those spiritual techniques that we've been talking about to bring that into your reality whatever it is even a spouse yes even a spouse, your job, obviously. You say, well, what's everything got to do with money? What's always talking about jobs and stuff? Listen, most. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Y'all spending 40, 50 hours a week at a job that you don't like. We need to talk about that. 40 to 50 hours a week, you get home, you're exhausted, you can't do the things that you want to do, you've kind of, uh, you know what I'm saying, given up on, on, your, on your dreams and on your passion. We need to talk about it. Let's talk about it. That's a lot of time to be spending doing something, being at a place that you don't like to be. At least that was me. And trust me, the only person I'm speaking to is the young Derek out there driving a truck. Why? Because I know it's many. Travis says, that's me. I get those messages all the time. Even people who were like driving trucks. And they're like, bro, your podcast helps me get through. I want to do this. I'm stuck. I wanted to make it happen. I believe I believe you could do it, man. If I could do it, I believe you can do it. Whatever it is. Uh, Chris Gardner says, sometimes when I'm woodworking, my wife has to remind me to eat. Yeah, man, you get caught up in your passion and it's like time flies. It's part of it, so... I want it to be in, in, in encouragement, man, because I needed somebody to encourage me and I still need people to encourage me. Um, Binary Watchers asking about the discord, wants me to drop the discord. The uh, link to our discord chat is in the description here. So if you'd like to join our community as far as hanging out with fellowship and uh, video chat, I mean, not video. chat. Well, there is video chat, but we haven't gotten into that. But voice chat and text messaging and all that kind of stuff. Our community uh, is building through discord. So that's available too. Um, man, if you have something that you can contribute that can help somebody, if you see a need and you can create a, uh, a product or an idea or a service that can help, it'll thrive. 
you're fulfilling a need. No matter what it is, spiritual need, yeah, it's, trust me. Look at, just turn on the television, man. Turn on the television. Um, Garner says, uh, kids make it hard to step out of the job. They make it hard, but it can be done. It, 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 you know what the kids do? They, they kind of make it, uh, they make you prove that you really want it. Cause you're not going to pursue it if, uh, if you don't want it, especially with kids, you know? So, um, you know, they, somebody, a good friend of mine, and I know he didn't mean harm, but he told Drew, my buddy Drew, he told him, look, man, um, you know, your best, he literally told him your best days are behind you. Um, you know, give up and focus on your kids is what he told, told him. And that's a fear, right? Most of us have probably had that fear. This guy actually just vocalized the the fear. Um, and, uh, and Drew could have took that and said, you know what? You're right. I know it was kind of discouraging, but um, he didn't let that stop him, man. He, uh, he is pursuing his dreams. He stepped out. Uh, he stepped out in faith. He lost 200 pounds. He wrote a book. He met one of his heroes. Like all of these things that he would have. Ne- now he's a freaking huge um, inspiration to others. And what if he would have said, okay, you know what? You're right. And their kids had to see their dad grow up discouraged, hating his job, obese. Almost 400 pounds. Obese. And they had, what if they had to see him die like that? Unfulfilled. Like what does that do when you see your dad obese and then you see him working out every day? Does it, does it impart something that says, look, you can do whatever you do. You can do whatever you want as long as you work hard at it. As long as you don't give up. Even when people tell you, look, you should give up. Look. You should go home, get some rest, whatever. Keep it up. Don't give up and you can accomplish anything. That seems like yes, all the reason not to do it. Like you can this excuses, right? So many excuses why you shouldn't work out every day. Oh, you need a rest day. You need a cheat day. You know what I'm saying? Like all of this stuff that kind of comes up. But that dude dropped 200 pounds, man. Wrote a book. An encouragement and inspiration to others. And, uh, and there's all these reasons against us, even, you know, all of us, every single one of us. You have to fight past that, the, the voice of the naysayer. Um, Will Smith had a quote, man, and you can look up the video, but he says the two most important things in life are reading and running. Say reading and running. He said, yeah, because reading all of the people who have ever existed on the planet. Right. All of these scenarios, everything possible scenarios. Right. Um, All the books that are out there. There's nobody who hasn't faced a problem that hasn't wrote a book about it. Like there's nothing new under the sun that exists that there's not a book on. So you having a problem. You're trying to get to the bottom of it. You're trying to find answers, trying to find a way to do this. People are writing books. I mean, I mean, look at Mark. Mark Gober, he wrote a book, 
you need techniques you need things uh you need um ideas on how to do it read his book he's gonna tell you how i how this happened for me i try to vocalize it the best i can uh in, in my podcast um this is what works i'm not hiding anything um so books and then he said running and the running running was interesting because it talks about that we're talking about the naysayer right um he says running is important because when you're on a treadmill when you're on a bike when you're running there's a little voice that eventually speaks to you all right give up okay this is all you can take. We're tired. Let's go ahead and stop. Let's stop. And this is voice trying to convince you to stop. You know, he's like, no, if I want results, I got to keep going. Like there was, you know, that voice wasn't there when I was slamming cheeseburgers and milkshakes and handfuls of fries. That voice wasn't there. Now, why is this voice trying to tell me to stop while I'm on the treadmill to learn that voice that tells you to give up? It tells you to stop. And to keep keep going past it, right? You have to learn what that, that voice sounds like. There's other voices out there. Trust me. My sheep hear my voice and a stranger's voice they will not follow. It lets you know that there is a stranger's voice out there. That there are other voices trying to compel you, trying to get you to come. Come and dine. Come and sit at our table. Come and do this. Learn to distinguish between the voices. So he said, reading and running are the two most important things in life. And I thought that was so powerful talking about the, uh, the, the 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 voice that works against you because it's there like th- there's a voice who can throw you some excuses out there why you shouldn't we've had enough that's it for the day you know all this kind of stuff but you have to you have to know within yourself if it's something that you want and how bad do you want it you don't want it bad enough okay i'll give it to somebody who does trust me as somebody coming up beside you behind you who wants it Way more than you. Oh, you thinking about going outside your marriage? Think about cheating on your wife, cheating on your husband? You thinking about it? Guess what? There's somebody who's been watching y'all for years who would love to step into your situation. They would love to take your kids to the park. Like they would love to have a family, have a faithful, committed wife. Oh, you thinking about that? Keep entertaining it. Watch what happens. There's somebody out there who wants it more than you. You got to stay on your game. You got to do what is right. Stuff ain't promised, man. Tomorrow is not promised. This, this stuff. I'm every. It's an attitude of in an attitude of gratitude and honor. I give thanks. In my method, there's a message. In your presence, I feel safe. Like you, I approach everything with gratitude. First of all, for you guys, for the support, obviously, for the platform, for the music, for the friends, like everything. For the even for the bad stuff. We were talking about demons. People talking about their demons and stuff. I, I'm thankful for that probably even more thankful for that than for all the good stuff. Cause without that, I wouldn't know the contrast and you know, we can go down that path, but um, I'm thankful for everything. And with that, you know, I understand responsibility. I understand stewardship. You got to understand that with those who uh, are entrusted with much, much is required but those who are only entrusted with a little little is required but the scripture which is truth says if you're faithful with the few the few things I've given you I'll make you ruler over more show me you can handle that 
show me you can handle that 50. I'll give you 5,000. You can't handle the 50? Overwhelming? It's hard. I understand. But just show me. Show me that you can handle it. Show me that you want it. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's about. My video just cut off. It's back. I think we're back. So, faithful with the few. I'll make you rule over more. Be faithful with that stuff, man. Be a good steward with your time, with your energy, with your family, whatever it is, your platform. Be a good steward with that stuff. If I could trust you with the small things, I'll make you rule over much. Um, it's like Arco, Arco 2016. I can't really read. It's really small. Akil, A-K-I-L. I want somebody to take the whale of a woman out of my life. Somebody would love to. Um, Travis, are you a vegan and do you work out? I'm not a vegan and I do work out. Chris Garner says, without dark, there is no light. Um, Binary Watcher, the brethren, says, uh, you are a true seer, Mr. True Seeker. Talent included. Thank you, sir. Talent included. There is um, new music available uh, via Patreon. I'm working on two new projects. One is entitled Colors, and the other one is entitled the ESP EP. And they're both EPs. Um, one's seven songs and one's probably five songs or so but I'm uh, halfway through with both of them and I would like to just finish one and get it out the way and then work on the other but like when the songs come they kind of with these two albums being themed like you know what I'm saying they have to the songs have to be about something and if I have lyrics and choruses and things coming to me that are um, better suited on another project then I have to put them there um that's just part of it. Um, but yeah, all that, there's a bunch of new stuff and I'm excited about it. There's a lot of stuff coming out of me. Um, and it's check them out, check them out on Patreon. Patreon helps me to, to be able to fund that stuff, to be able to purchase the beats and, um, leasing and all that kind of stuff and recording and fees and artwork and all that kind of stuff that I need to do it. So Patreon is the best way to support my work. If you head on over there, you can get access to all that cool stuff. Um, Tim Reed says, I'm tired of being told I don't have Jesus in my life and that ingesting plant medicine is against God. Well, it depends on who you're talking to. Depends on who you're talking to is going to tell you that. You know what I'm saying? So um, if you're hanging out with a bunch of church kids, <laughs> I don't know who you're hanging with. Like, who who are you letting speak into your life? You know, get, you know what I'm saying? So those naysayers like I still get it you know and I still have to prove that I believe what I talk about right and even yesterday I had uh I had a former guest man some guy I don't even really know him like that but uh we did an episode and the episode was decent um it was a we kept it Christian for the most part about hearing the voice of God I knew the guy was a Christian whatever um I had a good conversation with the guy um but anyway, he's kind of lashed out at me on like two different occasions, kind of weird, um, posting stuff on his Facebook page that I, that I know he got from me, you know, from some of my podcasts and stuff. But anyway, he uh, hit me up yesterday 
And um, it's so weird because you get triggered and you want to lash out. You know what I'm saying? You want to do that and you got to hold your peace. You can't even know how bad you want to. Um, you're being lashed out, curse these people out. They'll screenshot it and send it to everybody and all this kind of weird stuff that goes on. So anyway, I try my best to kind of just have a dialogue and, and try to prove what I believe to the person who are just making all these weird accusations about me or whatever the case is. Like, I know I don't owe them that, but I want to give them that. Like, I don't know, owe them anything, but if it's somebody who, um, if, if I believe they're really curious and they, and, and they're not just trolling or whatever the case is, then I'll try to spend time with that person and let them know my intent show them the fruit, whatever the case is. Most of you guys can't see the work being done on the back end um, physically. Most of y'all can see it in the spirit. Obviously, if it's speaking to y'all, you know it's speaking to other people. And a lot of people believe in it, believe in my work that way, so they support um, because of that. Because they can feel it and they've been ministered to and they know. Um, but not everybody can. You know, we have I've had a lot of weird guests on here and uh, and and I have to let people know just because I have a just because I don't cut somebody off in mid conversation because they bring something else to the table. I don't mean I agree with them. If if I even if I say I'm shaking my head, I'm listening like I don't agree with all these guests that come on here, man. And the weird thing is the more guests I'm having on here, the more I just want to do solo podcasts just because like a lot of weird stuff. It's just weird dilemmas, man. I just have to be open, man. Like, I don't believe in all this stuff. But I like, I'm, I'm interested. Let's have the conversation. You know, I'm, I, I, a lot of times I'll pick other things out of the conversation. Like, the psychology behind it. Why is this person, why is this person telling me this? And why is this person marketing this aspect of themselves? You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the different, I have more questions. Um, I enjoy the conversation a lot of times. Um... But but just because I have somebody on here does it doesn't mean that I uh, vouch for them or whatever the case is. And a lot of times, even though I don't cut them off or I don't object or they speak something that I know is not true or or have a uh, or if I believe the opposite to to be true, um, I try to straighten it up in my little post podcast thoughts or whatever, you know. And I don't want to. It's not it's not my um, my goal to tear anybody down. My, it's not my goal to uh, disprove people. It doesn't make me feel better. I know how the ego works. I know how religion works. I know how that works to make you you uh, feel better. I'm not doing that. So it's just not what I do here. Take it up with George Nori. I learned from him. I love I love the way he interviews people, and he'll just let people call in and say, you know, I have these crazy stories, and he'll just let them go, man. And he's I'm pretty sure part of him's interested, but then I'm pretty sure part of him is, you know, wants to call BS too, and he has, and I have, so you know, it's just what it's just what you get, man. I'm I'm having the I'm having the uncomfortable conversations that a lot of people can't have, especially where I come from. So put it that way, I'm in the Bible Belt. How many people are talking about this stuff here? All right, so uh, Desiree says, your thoughts on deliverance. I had a, she said, I had a very weird experience a couple weeks ago. I believe in uh, in deliverance. I believe in um, counseling. I believe in casting out of demons. I believe in the laying on of hands um, spiritually and psychologically. I believe that they're both practical. I believe that, you know, and strongholds and demons in the Bible are thought forms in the mind, right? 
um, Bonaire Watcher says, but if your God is of denomination, then why are you ask yourselves that God is going out to anyone that sees it that way? Okay. Tim then says, proving my side to my loved ones, to them is trying to debunk the Bible. Thanks for your advice. Man, like like I said, you know, the closing words I had with Mark is that, you know, most of the stuff that he's talking about, like I can give you scriptures on most of that stuff. And the weird thing is like most of this so-called new age or so-called occult or so-called spiritual or whatever, it's in the Bible and it's, and it's not against it. Like it's proving it. Like Jesus used ESP. Jesus used telepathy. The disciples went into trance states all of these kind of things, right? And it's proven within the Bible. So those are the type of things that the Christian right will try to, you know, out-of-body experiences. It's in the Bible. It's in the books that were taken out. Angels, visiting, shapeshifters, leviathans, dragons, witches, wizards. It's all in the Bible, man. Um, Temu, Temu, Priestess Heart 108 says, I found your show after the cult priestess was on. That was a wonderful show. Thank you. Interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Watcher said, Binary Watcher says, very rarely I comment, but I'm always watching. Garner says, your music got me interested. The podcast got me excited, but your authenticity, authenticity keeps me coming back. I need to make stickers out of that. <laughs> it's good. Um, and then Desiree says about her deliverance, she says a demon came out of me during meditation. That's awesome. No, I believe that. Yeah. I believe in um, deliverance. I believe in. I didn't even know I had one for real. That's what she says. Um, that's most of the time. Right. Because they like to masquerade as just beings as a, a part of you. Like. A familiar spirit they're familiar with your family your lineage they've been with you they've been with you they were with your mother you know what i'm saying and they speak in third person and make it feel like you want to do those things it's a voice speaking to you and it makes you feel like it's you so you so so therefore you don't even know that you had one hopefully like after hopefully you can notice a difference right if you rid yourself of spirits or unclean entities or whatever then you can uh you can feel different. You feel more clear headed. You see things more beautifully, like uh, whatever they are lying to you. They're usually lying, seductive spirits that lie to you about people, about God, about the Bible. Do you know what I'm saying? Like all of this type of stuff. So hopefully you feel lighter and uh, and you take that with you. That's what happens for me. I've had it happen, you know, many, many times. I've had like the deep, crazy ones. And then I've had where I just feel them leave, man. When I just release unconfessed sin and um, release things I've been trying to like unconfessed sin is stuff you're trying to hide from people. Trust me, somebody who's had pornography addiction and they've been hiding it from people. And the moment you tell somebody. There's a release. You confess your sins one to another so that you can find healing. There's a release when you speak up, speak about it. Why do you think people who have committed murders and all types of heinous crimes, eventually they go turn themselves in and say, I couldn't live with myself. But once I told you, once I gave myself up, look, even though I know I'm gonna have to suffer the consequences, 
I can at least sleep at night. And you and you bring it into the light. Even though you've messed up, even though you've done wrong, you bring it to the light and you confess it. Binary says, uh, love George Norrie. Dude is a grandmaster titan. He is skilled at uh, never alienating anyone no matter what. Yeah, man. He's done it a couple times, but uh, for the most part, um, I like his, his style. Right? He's people like, you know, I, I don't know, man. I wasn't with these people. I don't know if they're telling me the truth or not. All I can do is take their word for it. I can tell you what the Bible says. I can tell you what I've experienced. I can tell you what other books say you know but um i wasn't with you like i wasn't there so how can i like be the final judge and say no that didn't happen nobody can nobody can maybe it did maybe it didn't maybe they're making it up and they're great storytellers maybe they believe their own story that they made up there's a lot of that going on um travis a stationary slash flat earth thoughts um i don't really have thoughts on it I may, I may, I may lean more to, I don't know. I've just kind of really, it's kind of weird, but just in, intuitively have always felt like the earth was flat when I was a kid. So, but I don't know, man. Um, I did an interview with Santos Bonacci. If you haven't seen that one, I think he's one of the world's most leaning, leading experts on flat earth. I think that he, um, gave up his platform for pursuing flat earth, flat earth, flat earth, um, and I had him on to kind of school me on it. And I just picked his brain. I don't have a, I don't know. I don't think none of us know. I believe the ancients believed in it. I'll say that much. Um, Tim Reed says, so many Bibles, which one do you suggest? Um, It don't matter. It really don't matter. I, I like to read from the, the King James version just because it sounds... Um. It helps me with looking words up and phrases and terms like breaking down the Greek and Hebrew because it's the closest that you can break that down in. Um, but as far as trying to read it, man, you can go with the NIV. NIV was the first one I read. I started in Matthew and just read through. Most people tell you start in John. I like to say start in Matthew. That's where I started. Um, me and my wife <clears throat> read it all the way through together. I say start in Matthew. NIV is good. You know, binary says, I meant to say, if your God is no denomination, then why are you? There you go. Desiree said, yes, after the demonic experience, she said she felt light afterwards. Yes. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize my bondage was so intense. Yeah, man. It is. Until, until the Holy Spirit reveals it to you, man. Most of the time you don't. You know, I have encounters. I wrote about it in my book about dealing with my mom. You know, my mom always telling me I was stupid and my mom telling me this and little, little, my mom telling me she, you know, I heard her over say, you know, she wanted, she she should have had an abortion. This was in like a private conversation with a friend and she's saying she wanted to have an, she should have had an abortion and all this weird stuff. This stuff builds up, man. And it creates strongholds in your mind. Um, ideas that go against the knowledge of God, right? That go against what God says about you. I love you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. I've got a plan for you, a plan to prosper you, a plan to bless you and not to harm you. All of these things. And then you hear other people saying other things. You start believing the lie over the truth. Um, so for me, you know what I'm saying? That opened the door for some, 
spirits to come in for some ungodly beliefs to take you know form in my thoughts and um i begin to believe it and you know it was through revelation of the holy spirit where you know spending time in prayer i was actually cutting grass one day and i felt the holy spirit tell me you got a demon like what the heck i had just just got born again i think i was like 16 this was in 98 holy spirit said you got you got a demon it's because of your mom so what didn't know what it was but anyway i found out that night put it that way i got deliverance uh confessed it told some people look got this this what i thought i heard the lord say sure enough had a manifestation you know so i was screaming violently crying tensing up all that crazy stuff man this was when i was a teenager but uh felt really good afterwards i could finally look at my mom and tell her i love her and meant it um chris garner says confession is a key to self-forgiveness but the church took that away from the individual and appropriated it as it was to keep control and use people's sins against them. Maybe it's all. No, no, no. It's true, man. <laughs> it's true. They'll tell on you. <laughs> you know, it is true. They got to be careful who you confess things to. You definitely have to trust them and have rapport with those people. Some people just go to anybody. They just so free. They just tell anybody. You know, <laughs> so, um, unslave your mind says, uh, the most important thing is to be conscious what you put into your body, vegan or not, and what they try to sell you. And that means not only a physical diet, but also what information you take in. Yep. Yeah. Be careful. And that's the only thing that I have to... <laughs> And I always catch myself with this, but I mean, that's what I have to um, catch myself on. I don't know what all these guests are doing. You know what I'm saying? I don't even, most of the time, I don't even know who these guests are who come on my show. I use a, I use a, a, um, a company a lot of times to get guests on who are making the rounds and doing podcasts. And it is because of spiritual and uh, metaphysical people and paranormal and sometimes biblical or whatever. And I get these emails and stuff for these people. And I try to do a quick, you know overview on these but i can't do a full background check and all this stuff like i had that one lady on a couple of weeks ago and we're having a good conversation about consciousness and about life and then all of a sudden she says she's in a relationship with the ashtar command in an intimate uh romantic relationship and it just blew my mind so like i wouldn't have had that conversation with her even though it, it you know it is interesting and i guess i enjoyed it you know but it just blew my mind i was like man you know so i have to look at myself and say man what am i promoting like because i know inquiring minds want to know and people are going to look this lady up they're going to look at her work they're going to look at her books they're going to look at all this stuff um so i so i'm kind of in a sense responsible for um you know sh introducing that work to somebody and i can see why people are like look man you're promoting all this stuff i'm not promoting it but i will say this that i do trust the work of the holy spirit enough to lead you down uh the path you need to be on no matter who it who it's with or what it's with trust me man it's the platform's gotten so crazy over time that's why i like to do a lot of solo stuff but even then if i mention a, an idea i mentioned the kundalini i mentioned the holy spirit how they're one and the same someone may do investigative work on the kundalini what it is and you may be led to a false teacher or somebody who believes 
something different and they teach you about the kundalini but they teach you all these other things with it and so it's it's with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Always going to be that though. So I can't like, I'm not, I don't babysit anybody. It's not, not my job to babysit anybody, but it is my job to, uh, you know, to protect my platform and to um, trust the Holy Spirit's work in your life. Just like I trust him in my life. I trust him in your life. Whatever path God, the divine creator, has for you to check something out here a little, there a little, whatever it is, I trust that, man. That's between you. You got to get your relationship right with the father, man, not me. Like, that's between y'all. So if you understand that going going in, then you understand that moving forward is that God can use anything and anyone to speak to you. Just like he used Balaam and the donkey, speaking speaking from a donkey. If God can use a donkey, if God can use all of these rejects and illiterate people in the Bible, people who couldn't, Moses couldn't even formulate a sentence. Like I look at Moses' story and it's encouragement to me. Moses couldn't talk early on. A lot of times he had to have an interpreter. He had his sister speak for him, right? Moses using all these rejects, killers, you know what I'm saying? Like sailors or like fishermen, people who are like rough around the edges and stuff uses those people. God can use us. God can use whoever he wants. He can use this lady with the Ashtar command. He can. I believe it. He does it. He uses everything. Um, Binary says, why in the hell do you not have a Twitch channel? I do have a Twitch channel and I was simulcasting, like streaming on everything, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, everything all at once. Um, it became to be, uh, too much of a, um, a hassle. And, um, so I'm not gaming, live streaming gaming. Sometimes I want to, but you got to understand like live streaming gaming, like sometimes that brings out the bad side of me man i'm so competitive man so i don't want to i might not want to uh televise all that stuff i get mad i get heated boy. <laughs> so but as far as streaming gaming that's why i don't really do that I, I game me and my wife game i have friends that i game with you know i like that um let's see yep Binary says, I, I love your guest and also how love how you bring it down to your foundation after the fact. You got to look at it, man. Not everybody has the same foundation. You know? Not everybody has the same foundation. I may say a word or a phrase and other people interpret it this way or say it that way or I may have too much grace or I may have be too open. You know what I'm saying? These type of things. Um... And it just rubs people the wrong way. And then uh, Chris Garner says, yeah, because I definitely can't game stream on here. Garner says gaming made the spiritual people mad <laughs> when they got to see that I was a real person. He's a real boy. Yeah, they didn't like the fact that I played Pokemon with my family. And uh, 
you know, that was so funny, man. Like going through that stuff. That was kind of a weird transition for me too, but it was weird to get hate mail and stuff from people about that. And uh, people sending me stuff like, uh, it was funny. There was this one case, y'all. Um, this guy messaged me. It's like, you're playing Pokemon. I hope you know when you open that app, they take pictures of your entire house and they know where everything is inside your house and can hear you and all of this stuff. And he's like talking about all this weird um, fear-based uh, conspiracy. I hope you know you're doing that. You're giving them permission. There's an agreement that you sign when you open the app and it gets them, gives them all your information. So we just did some investigative journalism. My wife went to his, looked up his name, copied his, used, this guy uses his real name on his YouTube channel. My wife copies his name, puts it into uh, uh, Facebook, pulls up his um, Facebook page where he's offering everything about his life. Hi, my name is so-and-so. I work here. I do this. I do that. My girlfriend's name is so-and-so. I'm in a relationship. It's got her link. You know what I'm saying? It's got his dad's name, family. He's just offering it to the world He because we want people to know who we are. We want them to look at us. Hey, look, hey, look, look at my house. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, look at Facebook. You're offering information. Man, look, I'm scared. I'm glad I didn't have the internet when I was young, man. I would have robbed y'all quick. Like people, like I used to break into houses and I was a delinquent. Like if people are like posting pictures from Disney World and all of this stuff, you know what I'm saying? And uh, when they're at, at work and they post their schedule, long, another long day at work, 12 hour shift, got this for another six weeks. Oh, really? Okay. You're going to be out of your house, man. I don't, I don't know how, like, I thank God for Jesus, man. <laughs> Technology was a little bit behind me, but I just know the type of person I was. People are offering, you're volunteering information. You ever on the job, you ever had those friends where like, they just start telling the boss all types of stuff about everybody. They're just volunteering information. Like, hold on, man, why you tell the boss we did what, you know, you know, they're just volunteering information. They can't hold water. People are giving that stuff out on Facebook. They love you. They want you to know who they are. Notice me, senpai. Notice me. But then he's like mad that, you know what I'm saying? That like, oh, you opening Pokemon. They know where you are, bro. Um, so my wife gets all this information on him and she just responds in a comment and she lists all his stuff. Hi, my name is so-and-so, so-and-so. I work at blah, blah, blah. Um, my girlfriend's name is so-and-so. Last week, we went to Denny's for dinner, and we had a great time and went and see this movie at blah, blah, blah. And she's just going through his timeline. She wrote this little paragraph. It's like, okay, you talking about you giving them too much information. Look, you put that stuff out there. You want these people to know who you are. You're volunteering all this stuff on Facebook. Crazy. <laughs> Chris Garner says, well, if the CIA ever needs to borrow a cup of sugar, they know where to look. It's in the cupboard, man. Um, it's like, man, they, you know, they're listening to you. What are you doing? You hiding something? I think if you're hot, I mean, obviously maybe a privacy invasion, but then again, people are just 
given us. So I talked to I've talked to a lot of people who uh, they cover up their webcam. You know, they have a black piece of tape or a black cloth over it. You know, over their webcam and stuff. And um, you know, different reasons, man. But I mean, I don't have nothing to hide. I want you to know what what I'm doing. This is, I got a podcast. Look, I just interviewed someone, so share it out. Let people know. You know, so um, and I've had people who uh who won't have those deep conversations um whether it's about aliens whether it's about angels or the bible or whatever they want to they want me to sign up for like an alternative uh email address that is untracked and and they want me to go and sign up and confirm it and use this to talk to them and go and check it i'm like all my i talk about my stuff openly like this is what i do like i have a podcast like promoting the secrets you know what i'm saying like um i don't have nothing to hide well you want me to sign up for this email to blah 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 blah. so hold on if you're trying to i might not want to know the stuff you're trying to tell me it's like the dark web type stuff silk road like that's crazy stuff i don't want to i might not want to know this stuff you're telling me i've had there's some weirdos out there man you never know where people are coming from had one guy jump in the discord one day and uh he was like uh he had this plan to overtake the government or something and wanted to know if i was in i'm like nah man like i'm doing my part raising the awareness raising the consciousness helping people spiritually mentoring people like i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing no we got to do this we're supposed to overtake it we got over i'm like man you don't get out of my face talking about this kind of stuff man no no I had one dude years ago when I was into the NWO and all that stuff. I was on podcasts and other people's shows back in the day about the Illuminati, New World Order. And this one guy, he was on there and he was like, he was an old man. He was like, uh, yeah, man, I got my website set up and we're, uh, we're selling all this different equipment to help you when the world, you know, comes to an end and water and rights. And then they, they were selling crossbows. Was I guess he got the most commission off of crossbows. But he was like giving this big excerpt on how like if the government's coming to overtake you, um, you get this crossbow and you line six people up and everybody loads their crossbows. And when the first person shoots it, they shoot it like an assembly line. And it, when it gets to the sixth person, by the time it gets to that sixth person, the first person has enough time to already reload and be ready to shoot again. And this man was like trying to, I was like, bro, I can't talk to you about this, man. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want to, I'm not trying to talk about this. Not me. You got the wrong guy. You go find somebody else. There's other people who would love to have that conversation with you. It's like, man, look, y'all crazy. So weird, man. But, um, Tamu says, yes, the Holy spirit, she will never lead you astray. The Shekinah, Shekinah, Shekinah glory of God. Yep. You gotta. You have to learn to, to that voice for yourself. There's people who will lead you astray, man. Everybody out here, out here, is saying one thing, doing another. Everybody's got a voice. Everybody's uh, got the way. Everybody's got the truth. Everybody's got the life. But there ain't nobody at the end of the day have any fruit. Nobody's, you know, they just building platforms. There's a bunch of craziness, man. So you have to go within for yourself. You have to be able to judge all things. They said, don't judge. Don't judge. Judging's nasty. No, a spiritual man judges all things. You should be able to tell right from wrong and be able to know what is good and what isn't. Like that shouldn't be 
Like everybody should be able to have at least that much discernment. If not, you're going to get swept up into a cult. Like, trust me. Um, I've had people hit me up on here wanting me to interview cult leaders. I'm saying, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not debating with cult leaders on here. And I, I, it's certain I have standards, man. So I do have standards, even though I, we may talk about whoever channeling energy or channeling so-and-so of the dead or whatever the case is. Let's have the conversation. I'm not trying to have a cult leader on here, man. No, I'm not doing it. It's just me. I got my standards. You know, I have before. I have before. I've definitely had them on here before. Um, so, yeah, man. With that, I'm going to go ahead and call it an episode of the True Seeker Podcast. Two hours and 12 minutes. Um, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed hanging out with you guys. Thank you, Austin Kerr, for the donation. I did see that um, come through. So thank you for that. And thank you for everybody who's been uh, supporting and believe in, believes in my work as well, who is able to... F- support financially thank you guys who can't support financially and you support with a like or share just reach down right now click that like button right now see what happens i want to go back and see if this just because i asked you to do it i want to see if this video has more likes than a video where you i wouldn't have asked so yeah just click that like button and if that was you thank you for that too so uh but yeah you get access to a lot of cool stuff on patreon i try to make it uh worth your wild i mean 200 plus songs for like and i'm still i'm constantly adding music up there um chris garner says best podcast ever thank you he says again thank you brother um this episode wow He's like, I like each episode you do. It's the best, the best, the best. It's getting better and better. It's it's weird, man, because like having these guests on, like some people, not some, it seems like the majority of the people like the controversial stuff. I'm I'm like bringing it home these days. I really am. I try to bring it home. This is what works. This doesn't. Do this. Spirituality. Let's get it in. Let's meditate. Let's pray. Let's do this. You know, I don't really get into a lot of conspiracies or even look, watch a lot of videos. Maybe I should. Hell, I don't know. Um, But a lot of people want, they like the controversial stuff. You know, I get the most views. I get the most clicks. I get the most likes. But I never want to feel like I'm doing something to get that. I mean, the content, the titles and stuff like the images and stuff like that's just going to uh, reach out to the, the people who are interested in that type of stuff. So I like that, that I don't have to like mass market or manipulate or something like, hey, this episode is about this. If you're into it, let's build. Listen to it. Um, but it just seems like a lot of people like the controversial stuff or maybe that stands out um, above the regular stuff. Chris Garner says shift happens. Travis says, look up Dave Winnington, Winnington, I guess, on YouTube and research geoengineering. True seeker. I'll do that. Thank you guys for hanging out with me. Um, Like I said, I and so I'm talking about doing these set one on one sessions and stuff. Um, I'm doing them again. I've made that available on my website. Again, if you guys would like to book a private session with me, that's available on my website. Uh, if you want to join the Discord, that link is available in the description. Just go to truthseeker.com. All that stuff is available there. Thank you guys for supporting my work. It means the world to me. Thank you guys so much, and we'll do it again soon.
Peace, peace. episode folks to hear more episodes of the truth seeker podcast head over to truthseeker.com and if you're wanting to support the show and get rewards go to our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash truth seeker